Tonight, our lesson is trusting God in difficult times. Trusting God in difficult times. We, we all face obstacles in our Christian life that can stop our spiritual progress or lead us to spiritual destruction. Every one of us, at one time or another, we are going to face opposition. We're going to face disappointments. We're going to face obstacles. And how we handle those things will determine how far we're going to go in our Christian development. If we allow them to stop us and to stand in the way and hinder us, we're not going to go very far. But if we will recognize the fact that God's in control of all things and that sometimes those things have been placed there for a purpose and trusting God overcoming them, we're going to grow. And we're going to see God do some great things. And that's what we see here in the life of Israel. Now, I can imagine the Israelites coming out of Egypt thinking to themselves, we've made it. God's delivered us. And all we have to do is go into the promised land and just live the rest of our days in peace and quiet, enjoying the milk and honey. You think maybe some of them thought that? You think maybe that went through their mind, think, man, we're done. We've got it made. <laughs> well, that was not the case, was it? And there were going to be many more obstacles they were going to face. Some they would do good in, some they would not do good. Very, they would not very, do very well in. But God had a plan for them. And, they were, and there were going to be some more obstacles in their way but God was going to show himself faithful through it all. Someone said this, when Israel was facing destruction at the Red Sea, they were exactly where God wanted them to be. Now, some of them thought and complained to Moses, you've made a mistake. But it wasn't a mistake. It was, they were exactly where God wanted them them to be and that's true in our life isn't it when God if we are following God and letting God direct us and guide us in our life then we'll be exactly where God wants us regardless of what we're facing whether it's good or bad the blessings or the obstacles God will be leading us and directing us and we have to believe and have faith that he knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't make a mistake. Sometimes we think, well, God, are you sure? God is absolutely sure. Some, we're not, it's not that we question, you know, it's not does God know where we're going, is are we willing to follow? That's the question. Are we willing to allow God to lead us where he would have us to go? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. It's not where God's leading us. So today, I have three ways God had control over the Red Sea crossing. All right, he had control, absolute control of what was going on there. And you know, that's like in our life. God has control of what's going on. We just have to trust him for what he's doing. So let's take a look at the first one. He had control of the cloud, the cloud. Now, this cloud, let's take a look here, chapter 14. And notice what it says here in verse 19. And the angel of God, 
which went, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went before their face and stood behind them. So let's stop there. The pillar of cloud, all right, this pillar that God gave Israel. The very day they left Egypt, the Bible says in Exodus, God gave them the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire to lead them by day and by night. It gave them a shade in the day. It gave them a light at night. And it was with them for 40 years as they went through the wilderness. Every step of the way, God was leading them and directing them. This is the cloud we're talking about, this pillar of cloud and fire that he had given them to lead them and here we see this cloud. Notice it says here in verse 20, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And there was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. So, we, so here's this, this, God is giving them this cloud of fire and a pillar of a cloud and fire, and it's to lead them. You know, we have, God has given us something to lead us, hasn't he? All right? We can follow the Lord. He's given us his word to direct us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Also, to help and illuminate the word, to give light to scripture so we can bring, so we can have understanding of what God, God wants and expects of us. He's leading us today. We, we sometimes, we sing that song. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastors feed us. For our use, thy folds prepare. You know, that writer, I wonder if he had in his mind uh, David. When David wrote Psalm 23, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Knowing that God was directing him. Knowing that God was leading him. So letter A, what do we see? We see God's people saw light. God's people saw light. So that cloud to them was a light. And it shed light where they were. Now, what do we see here? We see that God had led them to this place by the Red Sea. Now, to other people, to Pharaoh, and people that had heard what they were doing and where they were going, they thought that they were lost. They thought that they didn't know where they were going. And even the, even the people of Israel were complaining to Moses, saying, You've led us astray. We are locked. And what happened was he had led them to the shores of the Red Sea. And they were landlocked because behind them had come Pharaoh. Because three days after they were allowed to leave, Pharaoh changed his mind. And he sent his army after them to get them, either, you know, to either to destroy them or to bring them back. But he was angry. And he wanted them, you know, he wanted, he sent his chariots after them. But this we know, Moses did not lead him there. 
God led them there. This wasn't, this wasn't Moses' mistake. This was God doing. God was working. Now, for us, it's easy to look back and say, don't worry, you're okay. Just trust God. But you put yourself in that position. You didn't know the end of the story. You didn't know how things were going to turn out. All of a sudden, the rumors are coming. The chariots are, are near. We can't go anywhere. The sea is here. The chariot's behind us. What are we going to do? And that's what they said to Moses. What are we going to do? But God protected his people, didn't he? He sent that pillar of cloud, and he divided the people of God from the chariots. And when that cloud divided them, the Bible says that Pharaoh and his army could not go through that. They could not go into Israel. They could not go into their camp. Even though they had light, they had total darkness. And they were separated from Israel. And what was that? That was God protecting his people. As he said he would, right? God said he would. God made a promise to Moses. He said, Moses, I am going to allow Pharaoh to let them go free. And then he said, but Pharaoh's going to change his mind, and he's going to come after you. This is nothing new. God told him, but I will protect you. He told Moses, I'm going to bring you and this people to the promised land. You're going to make it. So what is this here? This is a fulfillment of God's promise. He is going to, he's protecting them in this time. And, they need, and all they had to do was just trust him for that. So we see, so God's people saw the light. And you know, today, what do we have? Well, as I've mentioned before, we have the light of God's word. This light that we have here in our hands. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And, and really, what do, what do we have to do? We got to trust it. We got to trust it. We got to believe it. Even, even like Israel, and sometimes this happens to you, it happens to me, even like Israel, when the circumstances seems like they can't happen, it seems like it's the, the word of God can't keep its promises and, and it, God, it looks like he's left you and abandoned you. We got to trust God. And God's word always comes true. All right? His promises are real. And we got to learn to trust them. And don't look at the circumstances around us, but trust the light that he gives us. That leads us to the second part here, letter B, God's enemy saw darkness. They saw the darkness. They were on the other side of that cloud, and the Bible says it was darkness to them. And so they were groping in darkness. <laughs> they couldn't do anything. They couldn't go anywhere. They were, you know, neutralized. God neutralized them with all their power, and all their swords, and all their armor, and everything with the ability to go after God's people and to destroy them, it was God who neutralized them and kept them at bay. And it was a miracle. 
It was a miracle of God that he did that. So God was in control of the cloud. You know, we think about this world, don't we? And how they're in darkness, the Bible says. They're groping in darkness. And they think they're the ones who know what's going to happen. They believe that they're the ones who are successful. They believe that they're the ones that are in control (laughs) with all their power, all their finances, and all their money, and all these things. And they say, we don't need God. We don't need God. We're we're self-sufficient. How wrong they are. They are wrong. They have nothing, especially when it comes to their final end. They have nothing. They're lost. And without Christ, they're going to go to a lost eternity. They'll hear from the Lord at the last judgment, that day of judgment that they'll face, the great white throne judgment. They'll hear, depart from me, I never knew you. So they're lost. They think they're okay. They got everything they think they need, but really they are lost. How different they are than us who have the Lord. It's wonderful to know Jesus Christ as Savior. It's wonderful to have that assurance that when we leave this world, we have a better world to go to. And then we see here, number two, the crossing. God was in control of the crossing, the crossing. Notice it says in verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back as a, by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the, and you notice that, right? The dry land, the dry ground. It was dry. <laughs> all right? They were kicking up dust. God dried it out for them. Every bit of water was gone. Dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. So God provided a way of escape. So what do we see here? Letter letter A, God's people had safety. He gave them safety. So it wasn't the end, was it? God had it all under control, like he said he did. He told Moses, take the rod. Hold it over the water. And as Moses did, God performed a miracle. It was a miracle. It it showed the great power of God over nature, over the sea. And he was able to divide and provide a lane for Israel that went over from one side to the other, that gave them a way to escape. They were no longer landlocked. Now they had their way of escape, and the safety was provided for them. So the people had their safety. You know, where is our safety today? Our safety is from the Lord. That's our safety. And where is that at? Being in the center of God's will. God's will. Are you following the Lord? Are you following his will? then you're right where you need to be. No matter where God leads you, you're going to be safe if you follow him. 
And that's what we see with Israel. Who was leading Israel? God was. <laughs> he led them there. Had a purpose. And they followed him and he guided them. And they were able to have that place of safety. Then we see also God's enemies had calamity. Notice what it says here in verse 22. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So they see this Israel, they're able to leave. They're following, they're following that lane, going from one side to another. And obviously, while they were crossing, the cloud was still there, protecting them, not allowing the Egyptians to go until it was time for them to go. So they had complete safety. They were never in danger. They were held back. The enemy was held back, and they could not go through that cloud until God allowed them. And when Israel was over and they were safe, then God allowed the enemy to go, to go. And they entered the sea. They entered that lane thinking, well, we're just going to follow and overtake them. But God had other plans. God was not going to let that happen. That was not his plan. Notice it says in verse 23, And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen, and it came to pass that in the morning washed, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. So, the Egyptians, are, they're entering the lane. They're, they're going through with their chariots. And for some way, we doesn't, don't know exactly how, but God caused those chariots to break. And they couldn't go any farther. And halfway through this lane, this Red Sea passage, they realize this is bigger than we can handle. We, we can't fight this. This is an Israel, this is Israel's God. He is fighting against us. And they abandon their chariots. But the Bible says it's too late. It's too late for them. Notice it says in verse 26, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Every single soldier was destroyed. God's judgment upon them. God's judgment upon them. And at this moment, Israel was finally free from the Egyptians. They were free. The final act of God had been done. 
and they were now totally neutralized and would no longer be a threat to the children of Israel for them to enter the promised land. So while God's people had safety, the children of Israel, they had calamity. Some of you, I know most of you won't remember this, but in 1940, Europe was in war. The, the Germans had, uh, were now, at this time, taking that march and were, were now going to conquer the continental Europe. And they, uh, they, they had a plan. And they were going to, they were going to put, bring their forces and they were going to go through France and Belgium. Okay? And they were going to push the Allied forces to the sea. And the Allies, they tried to stand up to them. Maybe you've heard of the Battle of France. The Battle of France, uh, where the, you know, the, the British and the French and the Belgians, they all tried in other countries. They tried to stop it, but they couldn't. And the German, they just pushed them and pushed them, and they pushed them to the sea, leaving the Allies left their machinery. They left everything there. And they finally got to Dunkirk. And they were, they were there, and it all seemed hopeless. Their backs were to the sea, to the English Channel. And all the Germans had to do was just come in with their tanks, and they would have been wiped out. All they had to do. It was going to be total defeat for the Allies. Total loss. But for some reason, a German general said, no, we're going to stop. He held back the tanks. He says, we're going to finish them off with the air defenses, with our airplanes. And it opened a window, a window of escape for the Allied forces. And when... Winston Churchill heard that there was a window. He made the call. Remember that? He called out to every boat <laughs> in the English Channel. He says, if you can float, <laughs> if you can take on passengers, get over there. And they did. They went over and they rescued over 350,000 people. It was amazing what they were able to do. What was that? Some people say, well, that was just a coincidence. That was just a bad decision by a German soldier. And yeah, it was for their, their part. But we know, don't we? We know it was God. It was God. God provided that escape for the Allied forces. because, And it, and it gave them the window. And of course, history tells us Four years later, 150,000 soldiers stormed the beaches of Normandy and was able to take back. But it was hard. Loss of life. But they were able to regain that. But God provides. God, so who gives us safety? It's God. God supplies our safety. Just like David learned. Just like we learn in our life. We have to trust God. And he controls uh, when he, wherever he leads us. 
wherever you're facing, he's going to supply the escape for you. Whatever you need at that moment in time, he's going to be there for you. And we see that so many times in our history. And then point number three here, we see he can control the conclusion. The conclusion. You know, when God's people saw that, when they witnessed that deliverance, the Bible says they rejoiced. <laughs> God's people rejoiced. That's exactly what they did. Notice it says here in verse 28, And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They recognized something. They realized God was what they had a fear of God. If they didn't have a fear of God by then, they had one now. And what was that? It was a reverence. Right? It wasn't a fear that they were afraid God was going to strike them dead or God was going to destroy. It was a fear. It was a reverence. It was an awe. They had an awe of God. They were amazed at his power. They were amazed at his ability to supply their deliverance. And so what do we see here? The people rejoice. They rejoice so much that Saul, uh, rather Moses, in the next chapter, wrote a song. He wrote this wonderful song about their deliverance. Why? Because when God does something for you, when God delivers you, and God supplies your need, we need to rejoice. It's a time to rejoice. You know, we complain so much, don't we? We talk, we talk about how bad it is, all, you know. But listen, when, when, when good things happen, when God blesses us, when God supplies those times in our life that we need him, let's don't forget to take the time to rejoice, to praise him and lift his name up. And let's don't forget to do that. Because you know what? Years later, after all this happened, I mean, all this is written down for us in Scripture and it's recorded for us. But it wasn't very long, a few hundred years, and Israel forgot. They forgot. And, and they just went, they forgot the Lord. They forgot his deliverance. They forgot his goodness. And they went seeking other gods. So I think it's a lesson to us. Unless we make the same mistake, let's continually be rejoicing. Let's continually be praising. You know what's the best way to praise the Lord, to remind yourself to praise the Lord, is to be a thankful people. Here we're coming on a season in our country, Wilbur, where we recognize the importance of thanksgiving. Let's be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. 
And sometimes, when, when do we get discouraged? When do we get, uh, you know, upset? When we forget. And we're no longer thankful. Let's remind ourselves continually. Let's be a thankful people. Because that's what the Bible says in the New Testament. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In everything it says, give thanks. Prayer and thanksgiving, we're to pray. With thanksgiving, we're to be a thankful people. And that will help us to remember these things, what God has done not only for Israel, but also for us in our life. And then we see the last point here, God's enemies mourned. The Egyptians thought they were mourning when the all the firstborn had died, when God came through and killed all the firstborn of Egypt. But now their mourning is continuing, isn't it? Now the family and friends of these soldiers, they're mourning. There's a loss. And so they're mourning. And they're reminded also that, of God's power, that God has freed his people, and how great the Lord God of Israel is greater than the false gods of Egypt. <laughs> he, and God proved that, didn't he, through the plagues. God proved that those deities that they, that they followed and worshipped were nothing in compared to the God of Israel. He was the true God. In conclusion tonight, God saved Israel from slavery and certain doom at the Red Sea. Praise the Lord. For us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we've been saved. We've been saved. We've been rescued from a lost eternity, from a doom, a doom that uh, is, is, is described as fire, an eternal fire that burns forever and ever. We have been spared. We have been saved by the blood of Christ. And so we, we have the truth and we can rejoice. While the world around us, they're in darkness, they're facing that doom, they're trying to uh, do everything they can to bypass it or to get their minds off it or just, you know, not to believe it's going to happen. But one day, it's going to happen. That's why they need the light. And here we are. We have the light. We can shine. Yeah, our, yeah we live in a dark day. I look at our country, Canada, while I'm thankful for our country and praise God that I'm able to live here, it just seems like it's growing darker. It's just getting more and more secular, more and more anti-Christian, anti-Bible. However, someone said this, the darker the night, the brighter the light. So let's shine. Let's shine for those around us that they might see that light and realize we serve a great God. We serve a God of deliverance. They can be delivered from that doom if they'll trust him if they'll trust him as Savior. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, we thank you again. Thank you for your word. Bless us now as we go to our time in prayer. Father, what a blessing to know the Lord. What a blessing to have the truth. Lord, help us to be a light in the day in which we live. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.